Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Tuesday, it's a quick turnaround for the Kansas City Chiefs ahead of a Sunday matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. We heard from the coordinator, so we'll start things off with offensive coordinator Matt Nagy. After that, we'll go to defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with special teams coordinator Dave Tope. Here's the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Perfect. Uh, we'll kick it off with Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Matt. Um you sort of knew this was going to be a season of development for a lot of your wide receivers, just given the youth, but it seems like maybe that process is going a little slower than uh, everybody hoped. Um, is there reasons for that? Uh, maybe why the, this group hasn't developed quite as quickly as everybody wanted. And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Sure. You know what, um, Adam, I think that, you know, as we go through this process and we go through this year of building this offense and and like we've been talking about all year, what guys do well and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, we we want to be able to, um, number one, score points, um, eliminate turnovers, eliminate penalties um, as an offense in general. And then, um, you know, when the when the plays are there to be made, make the plays. And that's everybody. And the same thing with us as coaches when we have a chance to make good calls and, and, and practice and put these guys in good positions. We, we want to be able to do that. And I think – you know, we've been um, dealing with a, a, a good amount of guys here that are all great, great players that want to do well and succeed. And when you have a game like we had last night where there might be a little bit of a magnifying glass on whether it's some of the drops or um, whether it's a specific play that can be a little bit bigger than others, um, it can definitely, um, you know, be a, be a big deal. And we understand that and the players understand that. But in the end, we have a lot of trust in these guys and we believe in them. And I think that's very, very important. And you, you hear that and you see that from Pat and it's something that we just continue to stick together and keep working through. And we know it's not going to be easy, but honestly, the biggest thing Adam is, is uh, it goes back to again, like let's not beat ourselves with turnovers and penalties in the end and, and, uh, and, and drops. I know that can be a part of it as well, but that's, there's a lot that goes into all of that. So that's a long way to say that, yes, we know we need to be better. Um, when you lose a game, it gets magnified. When you win a game, sometimes it gets deodorized. And I think we need to understand that, hey, um, we have good things ahead of us, and let's just stay positive and work through these, and we'll be all right. Okay, and um, I got an MVS question, and not just because of the drop last night, just sort of a general lack of production from this season. I remember when he came in, Andy really thought you guys maybe could expand his game, maybe go beyond what he did in Green Bay, and that really hasn't happened. Just why hasn't it worked out for him? What, what's going on with him? Well, there's there's things that go into that, and I think it's probably everybody's definition. I know we all look at the numbers and 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 that sort of thing, but there is a lot at the same point in time, Adam. There's a lot that he does well that sometimes doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And, you know, for instance, you look at the touchdown catch that Travis had that everybody's going to read about and the touchdown pass from from uh, from Pat and the catch by Kelsey. But a lot of reasons why that play worked was because of um, because of what MVS did. And sometimes that doesn't show up in the stat book. And there's other things that that he does and these players do that that don't show up that we have to make sure that they they get um, credit for behind the scenes. And so he does a lot of that. And I think that's a credit to him. And that can be. Um, very selfless at times, which we love. 
Uh, and then production wise and number wise, yeah, he's not where he was last year. And um, we do know that we have um, hopefully a, a bunch of season left and, and we want to be able to continue to keep working through these things as we have, um, you know, these different wide receivers. And I know similar to last year, but he's had a great attitude this whole time and we just got to keep staying positive. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey Matt, um, I had a couple things, a couple things too, Brad. But uh, I wondered if you could take. You had three times where you had receivers behind the defense last night, and obviously the way teams have been playing you this season, that's a bit unusual. I know the last one MVS dropped, but I wonder if you could take through the the first two, um, one to Justin Watson, where it seemed like he was maybe running a post, and Patrick threw more of a go ball, and then um, also the one to MVS uh, midway through the third quarter. Just what you saw in those two plays. Yeah, well, the one to, to Jay Watt, um, you know, I think it was just a little bit of a, a landmark deal where they're just working through um, different releases that you can get versus the the DB and then obviously the the throw. Um, and they were just off on that. And it's just sometimes that that happens again um, when you miss those, when you're not getting the opportunities or the shots that we're having those again, when you miss those get a little bit magnified. So uh, we understand that. We got to connect on those when we get a chance to to hit those. And Jay Watt, you know, got by them and, and Pat saw that and um, just making sure we work on our landmarks and where we want to be. Um, you know, that was that was that one. And then the one you're talking about with Quez, are you talking about the one at the end? No, I'm talking about the one midway through the third quarter where he's down on, I, I guess it's the east sideline. It looks like he's more bending on a uh... – on, on a route, a corner route towards the uh, sideline about. The oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, again, there's, there's different angles as you run these routes and, and you got to give credit to, to, to the Eagles on how they play, you know, certain routes and it's never, it's never going to be perfect. And, and I think probably um, when you're not getting these, these shots that we haven't had over the years, um, when you do get an opportunity to take them and get them, you want to be able to connect on them. And, and we just did. And I think that's probably the easiest answer. So we just have to make sure we stick together and keep working those type of routes. And we hit one to Jay Watt there when they went cover zero um, by our yeah. sideline on a, on a similar type throw. And we connected on that one. So, um, you know, we're so used to seeing a lot of those connections. And, and I think right now these guys – the care is there. We just got to make sure we keep working it and keep working the the timing and the element of, of everything that goes into it. And the last one I had was about Rashi. I mean, I know earlier in the season, I guess, I think it was the preseason where, where Brett said he was, he was more of a package player to open the season as you guys were, were trying to get him educated on the full offense. Is he still that, or like, is his playing time still affected by, you know, putting him in the strengths of what he knows right now? Not necessarily. I think he's done a good job of being able to uh, show us that he can do more um, and, you know, taking the time throughout the week to understand certain route concepts. We know what he can do with the football in his hand. We saw that yesterday a few times and he's a physical runner and he has strong hands. Um, now it's it's I think you're noticing that some of his snaps um, are, are going up slightly as far as uh, his percentages of snaps. And we want to continue to do that. That's the part of development that in the trust factor, uh, which is which is real. And the more we can get of that, I think the better we will be because he's a he's a very good football player. And so I think you're uh, you're right. He is growing, but uh, it'll it'll be in increments. And we we like the path he's on right now. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. 
Yeah, kind of a follow-up to Sam on the the wide receiver uh, playtime percentages. Uh, Watson led last night, and and Moore's been kind of up and down. Marquez was a little bit lower than usual. It's just um, game by game, it seems to be very different. Is that a game plan specific, or do you feel like you guys at this stage are still kind of evaluating like who the who the top receivers uh, in this thing can be, or is it like kind of a mixture of both? I just was curious about. Yeah, it's probably a mixture of both, uh, Pete. It's it's one where um, maybe one game based off of what we think personnel-wise we want to do or, or not do. Um, and, and that can be whether we're in 13 personnel, 12 personnel, 11 personnel, whether we decide we want to throw the ball uh, or run the ball. Um, all of that kind of goes into it. We take a, a, a strong look at that every week um, where we're putting guys. And it would be, a, you know, it's, it's certainly a little easier to do when you have less guys because it's those three or four guys. We have a few more guys. Um, that are are a part of our wide receiver room. And so there's a little balance in the juggling act um, on top of the, hey, if somebody gets hurt or if we, for whatever, someone just ran a deep route and now we, you know, it's third and 10 and they were in for this next route, but they're, you know, they're, uh, they ran two deep routes in a row, the next guy's up. So it's impossible to be perfect with all of that, but I think you'll probably see, um, throughout this, the season, um, there's probably a little bit of a fluctuation in all the guys. We've got time for a couple more. We'll go Jesse and then Karen. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey, Matt. Uh, both tackles, uh, Juwan and Donovan, struggled at times last night. I just wondered if you can speak individually about both of them. Just big picture. What do you mm-hmm. see from them now individually, and where do you hope they improve from here on out? Right. Well, it's – it's really, I, I always start off with, okay, coming in here to a, a new system, coming in here to learn to, to play on the offensive line uh, w- with a, few, uh, a couple new guys there uh, on the inside. They've, they've done a great job of kind of um, understanding how we do things schematically. And, and now it's just fitting who they are, each guy individually into the scheme and then us using their strengths. And unfortunately, you know, there's a, there's a couple uh, penalties that we've had um, in the last several games and really this year, we talked about it over the bye week that, you know, that's, that's something that, um, whether it's holding penalties or false starts, it's the timing of it, you know, and it's unfortunate that we've had some of these happen in the second half. It's stalled some drives. And again, I think, you know, we're all, uh, grown adults. And I think when these guys understand that, Hey, how do you handle something like that? Well, yelling and screaming and t- these guys know, um, that it that it's a concern for us. They understand that, and and we're we're talking about that, and they get it. We just have to really lock in and continue to focus on that, and 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 reduce them, um, so that we don't get into a third and long situation. It's hard to convert third downs, and when you go from third and seven to third and twelve, or third and two to third and seven, it makes it more difficult. It stalls drives. So we have to really focus in on that and lock in on that, and they know that, but we got to do it. We'll ask Karen. Go ahead, Karen. Um, two questions. The drop passes, you guys are among the leaders in the league. What do you, when you guys say you're working on stuff, is it just, you know, doing more um, work on pass and catch? Is it after work with Patrick? Is it using a machine? I mean, when you say work, how are you trying to get these guys so it's second nature? Yeah, it's, it's, more physical than anything. So these guys, you know, there might be times when we're in the building, um, just getting through a meeting after a walkthrough and you look outside and you see guys on the jugs machines, um, getting extra work in. So that's probably the biggest one. And then it would be in between periods. They, 
they go over with the quarterbacks and they run specific routes that are in the game plan. So, you know, generally speaking, we have several routes that a lot of guys have been doing, um, you know, since OTAs, but then we may have a couple routes that are a little bit more specific to that, that defense. And so we try to work on the timing of those routes with the time permitted in between periods and they stay afterwards as well. So I would say definitely it's more physical. Um, the mental side of it is understanding and, and, and just looking at the, the scheme of where you're going to be at, but physically getting those throws from Patrick uh, is where they get that extra work in between periods. And then, I've, and then those guys on their own, you'll see are, they're outside more so on the jugs when, when Patrick's not out there. And the Raiders, you know, I think of Max Crosby when I think of their defense. And of course, he loves to harass Patrick. He's known for getting in his face and the two have lots of conversations on the field, so to speak. What do you see as the Raiders overall as a defense? And is he the guy that, you know, gets that fire going for them? Without a doubt. I mean, th this guy, um, as a defensive player, is is one of the, the, the better ones that, that have played in a long time. I mean, he's relentless. Um, he's he's just ruthless. I mean, he, he is all over the place all the time. Um, you have to know where he's at, and you have to respect that uh, when, when you have a good football player like that. And when you're on the defensive line and you're as agile, long, lengthy – you have a high motor, you're smart, you're tough, like all that stuff that goes into play is a reason why, you know, he'll be in the mention of um, one of the best defensive players in this game this year and, and for years to come. So a lot of respect for him. And I think, too, to your, your question is it's a mutual respect as much as some of the trash talking that goes on in the physicality between Patrick and Max. Um, there's a mutual respect for each other. And when you have two really good football players, that are competing at the highest level on every single play. I mean, this guy doesn't come off the field. Uh, he's on the field every play, and he's going 120 miles an hour on every play. you got to know where he's at. And we have to do our best job of making sure that we don't allow him to make a game-changing play. Um, he's going to make plays. That's what he does. But we have to make sure we don't let him make a game-changing play. Coach Nagy, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Y'all take care. Hey, Coach, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I don't see any. Um, and Brad like, just doesn't have his camera on. Brad, you don't have your camera on? <laughs> I can't there see you. There you go. Now I, now I, <laughs> we are ready yeah, to start ready whenever you are, Coach. Okay, I'm good. Um, we'll just, I'll tell you, it's funny. This is a quick one, and it's Tuesday. We're only not even 24 hours removed, but we are certainly on to the Raiders right now. Disappointed in um, not winning the game yesterday, but all about the Raiders now. So with that, I'll open it up. Go first to Adam Teicher. Go down. Hey, Steve. Um, Trent yeah. McDuffie had quite the game last night. Um, I, I know you guys liked him when you drafted him, obviously, but are you getting maybe more in, in him than maybe you anticipated when you drafted him? I, I don't know. I mean, listen, we had high expectations when we took him, obviously. Um, you know, I think – if I'm not mistaken, you'd be, remember better than me, Adam, but I think we – didn't we move up to get Trent uh, yep. in that draft? Right, yeah. And I think we were all convicted on what we were getting. What I didn't realize, because at Washington, he did not play a lot inside as a nickel, but I did talk with Jimmy Lake prior to the draft. That was his college coach. And I remember him saying to me, hey, Steve, I know Trent didn't play a lot inside. First, they had another guy that was drafted that played some nickel. I forget his name. 
but he said, but Jimmy Lake said to me, Coach Lake said that he could certainly play inside there. So we always kind of had that in the back of our mind. Now a year ago, LJ was in there more often, and but because we've matched LJ quite a bit with uh, a number one receiver, we needed somebody else to go inside and transfer that guy. And listen, he has excelled in there. I mean, you're talking about a guy that plays inside, he plays outside. We blitz him. We ask him to do a lot of things. And so the first part of that is the mental. And I'm real impressed with that part of that and with what he's done. And I was happy to see him get a couple of sacks last night, made a good play on a on a ball that they tried to throw out there. He's been he's just got some really good instincts and that bodes well when you're playing inside like that. The pass rush part of it, was that maybe um more than what you uh yeah, with him? Probably because you never really saw it, right? But uh, you know, I think a lot of these guys in the secondary that have been able to you know, when we do bring them in to create presses, I think a lot of them have watched LJ do it in the past. And I think they, I know they, they ask LJ questions, you know, LJ's got some, a real good feel for, you've seen it before in the past when he comes off the edge and he's got a burst and Trent has a lot of those same qualities, just a natural knee bender. And he can make that corner when he got that ball out, it would have been nice to have come up with it, but he's got some real good instincts and it helps him pass rush. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Coach, uh, speaking of LJ, I, I just, you know, once again, um, you guys put him on an elite wide receiver in A.J. Brown, and he rose to the occasion, and he's he's done well against Tyreek and uh, Justin Jefferson. Safe to say he's going to draw the assignment against Devontae Adams, and what allows him to have success against these elite guys? Yeah, well, listen, we'll find ways to get him on uh... – Devontae, it won't be all the time because sometimes when LJ and Trent are in there, we're okay with them going right and left. So it's not not every down. I think one of the biggest thing is this, you know, LJ is a physical guy. I mean, I, people keep talking to me about the penalties he's getting. I'm, I'm not always concerned about it. He's always working at it. He got one yesterday that he'd like to have back. Sometimes that happens when you're an aggressive press team. But I would never give that up for what he's been giving us in terms of um, – you know, trying to be aggressive on a top receiver. I just think that's always good for us. And I think he does a nice job with it. The other guys do the same thing. I mean, Trent's been on those guys before, and so hasn't Josh and Jalen. So we'll keep hoping we have some success with it. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, I, I have a follow-up on on, on LJ. I, I just, in your experience here and uh, in the NFL, just how rare – uh, is it to have so much success against guys like Jefferson and, and Hill and Brown? Um, and then really like in the prism of it's a lot tougher to play <clears throat> defense nowadays than maybe it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the the, the rules and whatnot, they talk about, yeah, that's a really good point, Pete. And, um, and yet LJ has found a way to be really effective. I mean, the other thing that happens, I, and you guys have a keen eye for this stuff, so you see it, but, a lot of times, LJ will be over there doing his job. It, it goes unnoticed because the ball doesn't get thrown over there, right? Um, but yet he's taking a guy out that's a that's a prime target. And, you know, I've been fortunate in the past to have some guys, uh, Corey Webster, when I was in New York way back, we, we that playoff run we went on, he married, he, was, he ended up on T.O. and uh, I think Randy Moss, the whole thing. And then way back in Philadelphia, we used to do it a little bit with Troy Vincent. Um, so when you have a guy like that, you certainly want to try to move him around. But again, I go back to Trent. Trent's kind of allowed us to do that with LJ because Trent's able to go inside. So, you know, keep those guys healthy, keep them playing at a high level, and hopefully that'll that'll help us out going forward. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Good, Matt. 
Hey, Coach, um, talking to Chris Jones last night, he mentioned just the, the third and five touchdown run by Hertz on the on the quarterback draw. You know, he felt like you guys were ready for that. What what did what did you kind of see on that play? And just as far as especially just the way Philadelphia executed it? Yeah, we you know, we had something called that we really thought was going to take that away. We didn't quite execute it. Uh, the way we had practiced it. Um, it was a different play that they ran that, than we had practiced, but we felt like we we would have had to defend it if we had just done a movement just a little bit different. So that I'd like to, we'd like to have that one back, I think, in the execution of it, because I think we could have uh, denied that. We had, we had planned for them to run those quarterback draws in the red zone there. And now, truth be known, let's say we had, you know, stuffed it for a yard or two. They they probably would have went for our fourth down. So we would have been, you know, dealing with a fourth down play. But give them credit. Tip my hat off to that quarterback. He he made some plays with his feet. And we just needed to make one or two more plays. I think that you know to get us, you know, what I would have tagged a a nice defensive win, at least from our standpoint, if we could have kept them under seventeen points. But that didn't happen. So we just have to find a way to do it this this next game. We got two more. We'll go first to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Coach. Hi, Karen. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Uh, yeah, I could just see a hand waving. I got like one of those uh, <laughs> um, emojis. Uh, no, I just uh, wanted to know how different are the Raiders after a coaching change. Well, uh, listen, that's probably well documented that Antonio Pierce is a favorite of mine. I was fortunate enough to coach him in New York. I think he's doing a terrific job. I mean, I was just talking with uh, somebody here recently. The the energy in that team seems to have changed. I mean, uh, he I know what he's all about. Uh, I know how he coaches. I kind of know what he thinks. And he'll energize the team. He's done it. He's done it both with them offensively and defensively. I think they're playing at a high level. I mean, look at they – they played Miami two days ago, and we know they're a real good football team. They, they gave them all they could handle. So I think he's made a tremendous impact. When I spoke with him last week, I told him I was always pulling for him except for two games, and this will be one of them. So he, he doesn't have me on his side for this particular game. Well, last to Todd Lebo. Go, Todd. Coach, I want to ask you something about Antonio, then it's something else after that. Yeah. When when did you see something in him that you thought this is someone who who could be a head coach? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I, it goes all the way back to when I when I coached him. He was a, I in my opinion, he was another coach on the field. He was our Mike linebacker, a lot like Nick. You know, sees the game, big picture, sees little things that you know other guys. It goes unnoticed. They study the game differently. He always did. He was a grinder of tape. And then when he got done playing, you know, and we spoke, I thought he he wasn't sure if he wanted to do it. I said, well, go coach high school football for a little while. And, you know, he did that. You guys know he was a head coach out there at Long Beach for five years and did a terrific job. And then I had him for one year in New York in 2017. He was kind of behind the scenes, but he was always great at grinding tape. And he has a unique way of um, he can communicate with anybody. He can be in a black tie affair and do greater. He can be on the street somewhere. <laughs> he just has a great way of um, great relationships with people in all places. And he, he can connect people together. He's doing that now out there with the Raiders. And one thing about last night, I remember when we talked last week, it was, it was trying to keep Philly out of those third and ones and fourth and yeah. ones where they could run. And you guys did a really nice job of doing that in the first half. 
Uh, just wonder how much of a game changer that was for you to when they got in those situations to not be able to stop that play. Yeah. Well, we knew it was going to be, listen, their, their rate of success has been high on that. And we, and we knew if we ended up in that, it'd be tough. And it was, I think they might've ended up in three of them. I know one was on the one yard line and we didn't want to be on the one yard line. We needed a better, we needed to make a better play or a better uh, defensive call in that particular situation. But I give them credit. I mean, they, it, they were resilient. I mean, we had played some really good downs of defensive football early and yet they kept grinding away and you know when you get in that position you need to up step your game up as a unit and hopefully put the you know slam the door a little bit we didn't do that they made a play and it ended up the way that it did but uh we'll move on to the next one and i know our guys are rallying around that coach back, we appreciate the time Thanks okay all good thank you yep support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, Dave. Uh, What's up, man? Uh, how you doing? Other than last I night. I mean, it's fresh. It's fresh right now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Hey, um, Pedarius gave you a little bit of a spark in the return game last night. Any thought of sticking with him, uh, Going forward, and Brad, I'll uh, have a second question as well. Yeah, we got a, we got a, we haven't even gotten a report yet from our trainers. You know, it, it's so early, um, so we have to see, uh, you know, how McColl is. We have to see how you know Kadaris kept. He runs so hard and tough that he he kept getting banged up in there too, like his hand got hurt and his foot. You know, it's a whole different thing. So we just have to wait and see. We we'll get the doctor's report. Uh, we'll move forward from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, he gave us a little bit of a spark. He runs hard. Uh, you know, he's a good catcher. He's, he's fearless back there. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll see. We'll just have to evaluate as we, as we go forward. And what about Richie James, assuming he's going to be active at some point, where does he, um, figure into all this? Richie, you know, he would have to be, uh, we, we would like him to be the punt returner. You know, if he's going to be active, if, if he's going to help us at all on special teams, that's, that's where he would have to help us. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, uh, a couple of questions, but um, with the the weather and the field conditions last night, how did that, you you feel, really play into the kicking game? I know, you know, Tommy had a couple of kicks that looked like they maybe didn't go where he wanted them to, but um, how did that just all play in with the with the wind and the weather and everything? Well, the, the weather affected, uh, you know, our distance on our, on our field goals a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, when we didn't try the, you know, that longer 
field goal down there at the end of the game. I mean, it was it was out of our range what we thought we felt comfortable with. And then the way our defense was playing, uh, we felt, uh, you know, like field position was probably the best way to go there. We just didn't get the ball downed like we needed to uh, in that situation. You know, uh, you know, we had the touchback. So uh, that's that's part of the execution that we have to do a better job with. Uh, but as far as the field goes, if the field held up pretty darn good, I thought I, you know, I didn't see a lot of slipping out there. And, you know, it's got it's a good field. It, it, it drains real well. Uh, really, that wasn't a factor, you know. I didn't think, but it was it was mainly the the, the rainy, uh, windy conditions, uh, you know, more so than than the field. And, and you kind of touched on my second question there, which yeah, I think that there would have been like a fifty-seven yard field goal there, where you, you choose to punt instead from the thirty-nine. How close? Of well, it was really if you look at it, it, it was it was really the forty. I mean, it was it was more thirty-nine and a half. You know, uh, you know, right. And then when when James was getting ready to snap it, it was barely on the, you know, it was just about the 40. So it's it's a long field goal there it was but it was out of our range. And what we, uh, you know, we decided to go with, you know, in pregame. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach. Uh, <clears throat> Matt touched upon it, but Tommy looked a little frustrated with some of uh, of his uh, punts last night. Just uh, one bad game, or or did you see something potentially more there? As you remember, I didn't, I didn't see anything potentially more. I just thought that uh, you know he got a little frustrated. You're right. We had six punts. Uh, three of them weren't up to par. You know, for him, uh, you know, he he'll play better next week. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Dave, I know you acknowledge that if Richie does come back to the active roster, he's going to be, you know, primarily used as a potential punt returner. Well, for me, I mean, I'm, you know, offense, you know, they could they could use him a lot of different ways. You know, I mean, obviously he's a wide receiver, but, you know, if he's going to help me, I would use him as a punt returner. He doesn't, you know, he's not really a cover guy or gunner or anything like that. So, right. That, that's what I was meaning by that. Yeah. Thank you. And um, because you guys have seen just so few kickoff return possibilities, would Sky Moore still be your preferred option there or would McColl sort of return back to that? So that well, McColl, you know, McColl, I never got word back from the trainers that McColl was healthy, even though he played offense, they didn't clear him to play uh returner, you know, then it's a little different with his hand because he had a hand injury. So, uh, you know, that's, that's really why we stuck with Sky. Sky's number two. He's the second kick returner. That's why he was in there. And, uh, you know, he does a good job in practice and, you know, and, and he's our next man up there. Go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Coach, I know it's a little bit early to ask you about your opponent, but I wonder if you just give a little scouting report about the Raiders and you guys have been out there enough at that stadium. Any weird things about it or anything you guys have to watch for out there, how it compares to other domes or the field surface or anything? No, I love that stadium. It's it's it's, it's awesome. The crowd, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a cool place to play. Uh, but besides that, I mean, the, the Raiders are, they're a good football team. Uh, right, right now, you know, we, we do statistics all, all year long and we keep track. They're, they're ranked number one on special teams. So, you know, we, they definitely have our attention. I mean, obviously I started looking at them a little bit, uh, obviously a little bit last week, but not, not really in depth, but really dove into it this morning early. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a really good unit. They fly around. They got a great returner. Carter is excellent. Uh, the punter is having a year that that is just crazy good. Uh, you know, Cole, he's doing it really, really well. Uh, so, you know, it's it's going to be a tough one in a short week. Coach, we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks. Take care, guys. 
Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. The city. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.